Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Matt Noel is where is he on a knoll somewhere perhaps a grassy one yes they call me ben we're joined as always with our super producer paul mission control deck and most importantly you are you you are here and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know matt how's it going it's going well i'm wondering what you are doing out there right now as you're listening to this are you driving are you walking are you sitting at your desk If you are able to, if you look around right now, is anybody paying attention to what you're doing? Did somebody just dart their head down as you glanced at them? Is someone on a phone but not appearing to speak into that phone? Are they making eye contact in with you or looking in your direction while they're on the phone? Uh, do you think that they're actually using the phone? Do you think they're actually calling one eight three three S T D W Y T K? Nice Ben. <laughs> well, you know uh, we have a lot of. Uh, we have a lot of hangups 
as a species, right? And many of those are the inevitable result of our great intelligence or the problem of consciousness and, and sentience or consciousness, sapience, whatever you want to call it, uh, is its own bag of badgers. But our our fears drive so much of our uh, you know our failings and our triumphs, our innovations, even our music. Uh, you and I were talking off air with Mission Control about various songs that are catchy but strongly paranoid. You know? Yeah. Uh, should we? Sure. Do you always feel like someone is watching you? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like private eyes are watching you? So they see your every, every move. What? I thought you were going to say poop again. Oh, yeah. No, we worked on an alternate version <laughs> of that song. Uh, yes, today's, today's episode is about a troubling um, – a troubling feeling, a phenomenon that everyone has experienced to some degree at one point or another. And this this is the feeling of being watched, mm-hmm. the feeling of being stalked. And if you were one of the lucky few who are thinking, oh, gee, Ben, I've, I've never personally felt like someone was following me or stalking me, well, then strap in because you're going to feel that way after this episode. Oh, God. So uh, I, I will give a – I don't talk too much about the personal stuff, but I will give a personal example of when I was actually followed or stalked. Uh, this was uh, when I was living in a different country and I was uh, interacting with some political activist. Let's let's keep it at that. Sure. Okay. And. I was not in any way a linchpin of this organization, nor was I involved in any criminal enterprise. I'm very much a Dudley do-good when I am in someone else's geopolitical house, and it's the best policy. Uh, But I noticed a few, you know, a, a few weeks after I had met with met with a group, uh, I was at a fairly – I had a, a fairly predictable routine. So I was always sleeping more or less in the same place and I was typically going to do things in more or less the same area, often with predictable times of day, which any PI can tell you is not the best strategy. Private investigator. Right, right. Thank you. And – I started noticing uh, I started noticing the same people at the same time. And eventually, uh, eventually somebody very politely made contact with me and asked me some questions about the folks I met uh, a week or two ago. Wow. And nothing ever came of it. And I, you know, the story ends there. But, but you're fairly sure you were being surveilled or stalked. I'm certain, yeah. And wow. it wasn't it wasn't in a threatening way. I think I think these folks just wanted to see what I was going to do next. Sure. You know what I mean, is this just hanging out? Are these just some friends hanging out in a coffee shop or a wine bar or is this a public meeting that leads to something else? Yeah. Right? And that's not I I have to also be very clear it is not illegal 
for intelligence agencies or law enforcement to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, at least on paper, the U.S. has some laws uh, that are meant to constrain the unchecked use of those powers. Other countries do not, and, uh, and that is often to the peril of many unfortunate people. But let's, let's go away. That's a little scary, but it yeah. all, all's well that ends well, you know. Uh, here are the facts. Have you ever been followed? Like we said, you know, we've all we we've all experienced if you if you are savvy enough to be listening to a podcast, you have experienced some sort of how would you describe it, Matt? A sense of surveillance? Yeah, sure. I, again, it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's true, but the perception that something like that perhaps is going on. You you maybe have felt it before. We certainly, you and I, I think, in particular, maybe as well as Noel, a little bit to a lesser effect, have experienced kind of a fluctuating feeling of being surveilled over the 10 years, the decade of making this show, mm-hmm. where the, it waxes and wanes. We even had a, a joke NSA intern there that we've mentioned several times in the past. Oh, shout out to Steve. Yeah, who's tasked with listening to our episodes and all the ideas that we put forth into the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, they're they're worried about, you know, the next season of Rick and Morty, like what's going to come on there? Like, is he getting influenced? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> right, right. What psyop is this? And also, shout out to you, Steve. If you have not graduated yet, if you are still an intern at one of the spooky alphabet agencies, uh, then it can only mean you're pursuing a PhD. And good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, but again, to our knowledge, we have never really experienced overt surveillance on this show, at least for making this show. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we don't, we don't have knowledge of it, at least. And we certainly haven't encountered what would be considered a stalker. Now, we have received uh, a number of cryptic and or yeah. troubling emails, uh, a couple of texts on mobile phones, it's things like of, that. I have a few pieces of physical paper in my desk uh, that I've kept around. Oh, yeah? That were a bit odd with the symbols and everything that was on there Mm -hmm. and mapping connections to things that I didn't understand. Yes, yeah, we've received some odd posts too. But we haven't encountered what would be described legally as a stalker or stalking situation, which can happen. It's a real thing. The Department of Justice defines stalking as engaging in a course of conduct directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to fear for his or her safety or the safety of others or suffer substantial emotional distress. And we have some statistics about this too. Oh, sure. Uh, if you look to the CDC, they've got a, a thing called prevalence and characteristics of sexual violence, stalking, and intimate partner violence victimization. This is a national intimate partner and sexual violence survey within the United States of 2011. Okay, that's a lot to get through there. Mm-hmm. It's through the CDC. That's what you need to know, and it's a survey. Um, and this whole thing is commonly referred to as the NISVS. According to this thing, Seven and a half million people were stalked in one year alone in the United States. And, of course, this is the 2011 survey, so this is data from 2010. Now, a lot of these victims were stalked by either a current or a former intimate partner. 
That would be 61% of female victims and 44% of male victims. And if you look to the population overall, an estimated 15% of women and 6% of men have been a victim of stalking throughout their entire lifetimes, which, you know, is statistically fairly low. But when you think about that number of people, seven and a half million human beings that experience stalking in a single year. It's pretty staggering. In the U.S. alone. Yeah. And when we say stalking, we're not talking about, you know, creeps on the internet sliding into your DMs. We're talking about the the sort of stalking that is defined by the DOJ. For a lot of us, these numbers seem surprisingly high. You know what I mean? This is like Cape Fear, single white female kind of thriller stuff. But critics of this survey believe the CDC has used an overly conservative definition of stalking. And honestly, I tend to agree with some of the uh, problems here. Survey respondents were classified as stalking victims if and only if, one, they experienced multiple stalking tactics or a single stalking tactic multiple times by the same perpetrator. That part makes sense. Or two, they felt very fearful or believed that they or someone close to them would be harmed or killed as a result of the perpetrator's stalking behavior. And this comes from the Stalking Resource Center. They say this definition fails to address the varying levels of fear reported by victims, right? Somewhat fearful, maybe distressed, disquietened, or slightly fearful – and no stalking law in the U.S., which goes – these stalking laws pretty much go state by state unless you're talking about interstate stalking. Uh, these, these stalking laws uh, don't qualify fear the way that the CDC is. And so they say that using this conservative definition of stalking results in an inaccurate depiction of the practice. But wait, as Billy Mays was wont to say, there's more, folks. You see, we have uh, we we have piles of disturbing facts and statistics about this phenomenon, this type of crime. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, during a 12 month period, you'll notice these statistics don't all agree. During a 12 month period, an estimated 14 out of every 1,000 people age 18 or older were victims of stalking somehow. And again, the definition changes, right? But let's keep in mind, these are different organizations of the same government. Well, and really you're you can only use surveys, right? Mm-hmm. So depend, depending on who you're surveying, even as random as you want it to be, you may get very different statistics. Right, right. So it, it, it's true because we have to ask ourselves about the methodology. Uh, one survey may just be going off self-reporting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one survey may be going off only reports that have been made to law enforcement. Yeah. And as we know, quite a few people do not report things like that to to law enforcement unless – uh, unless it exceeds a certain threshold. Like most people are not calling 911 every time they get an unsolicited uh, – again, an unsolicited maybe message on Instagram or something. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Or, you know, a robocall. Or a robocall. Or, you know, consistent robocalls from the same number or something. Mm-hmm. About half of stalking victims, around 46 percent – said they experienced at least one unwanted contact per week. 11% of victims said they've been stalked for a long time, five years or more. 
the risk of being a victim of stalking was highest for individuals who were divorced or separated. That's 34 out of 1,000 individuals. Women were at a greater risk than men for being – for stalking victimization. However, women and men were equally likely to experience harassment. Nearly three in four stalking victims knew their offender in some way. That person you go to school with who's kind of quiet – an ex-significant other. Even if it's just a neighbor. Even if it's just a neighbor, just a face, you know, in some way. So, you know, when we see these crimes or these situations depicted in works of fiction, people go to the police and predictably, especially if it's a thriller, the police ignore them. Our hands are tied, they say. Uh, we could get a restraining order. That's the extent of it now. That's, you know, oversimplified for the sake of plot and narrative, but it is unfortunately true that not all states treat stalking the same way. Yeah, currently just over half, 51% of states, uh, they'll require that there are at least two or more instances. We kind of talked about this a little bit, but there have to be at least two instances where this perpetrator, whoever the person is that's perceived as a stalker, is either following, uh, harassing, watching in some way the the person who's who's the victim, right? Mm -hmm. But then some state laws actually specify the victim has to be frightened by the stalking. Like there again, we're talking about fear here. It's kind of what we mentioned earlier. Like if if you were walking into a police department to make a report and you were not fearful of this stalking is just a nuisance perhaps or something like that, then uh, it wouldn't necessarily be considered stalking. Um, some others require that the stalking behavior must have caused a reasonable person to experience fear. Um, but again, a lot of these states vary on what fear is. Like what, what are we defining fear as? Is it somewhat fearful, uh, quite fearful, mm -hmm. very fearful? And some state laws even require – you know, a, a prosecutor, if they were going to uh, take somebody to court and charge them with stalking, they would require the prosecutor to establish that fear of death or at least some kind of, you know, serious harm was at least felt by the victim. Um, and, you know, others just require that a prosecutor establish the victim suffered some kind of emotional distress. And that is generally going to be experienced by anyone who feels at least that they are the victim of stalking. And we'll get back to a problematic, mm, challenging issue with that definition. Uh, but, but first, we've painted the scene, right? The broad context. Mm -hmm. Being stalked in North Dakota is not the same as being stalked in uh, California or Oklahoma, right? We know that stalking is real. We know that it is by itself a frightening phenomenon for the people involved. Yet over the course of recent years, more and more individuals are coming forward, often forming communities online, claiming that they have been harassed, stalked, terrorized, not by an ex-lover, not by a, a single creepy, obsessed neighbor or former school chum, but by groups of people, coordinated groups acting in concert and behaving as though they have a plan, a gang of stalkers. So today's question is, what exactly is going on? And we'll get to that right after a quick word from our sponsor. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Here's where it gets crazy. Gang stalking. Yes. Gang stalking. This is something uh, many of our fellow listeners have written in uh, to us about over the years, and I do mean years. Uh, as we've established earlier, stalking has a few common characteristics, tends to be highly personal and individualized, tends to be measured at least partially in subjective emotional terms, at least as far as the letter of the law applies in the U.S. And that's a tricky thing. We cannot objectively measure a subjective experience, especially because we know that emotions are malleable and to a degree ephemeral, 
often, right? Things we feel different ways about the same thing at different times, which sounds elementary but is incredibly important for this. It reminds me of um, you know how the Sackler family and other criminals of that ilk had put in you know had spent. I love that you just phrased it that way. It's true. Uh, sorry, criminals who are not going to be convicted. I'm <laughs> loving it. Just keep going. Right? Keep going uh, so, down that path. Okay. Uh, uh, drug dealers. I don't know what you want me to <laughs> yeah. say. No, so, no. I'm being yeah, completely honest. I I, it's refreshing to hear it stated in that well, way. Well, those are unfortunately true things. But uh, but the these like uh, these organizations, the opioid mongers, had spent millions – making uh, a standardized pain reporting scale that medical professionals were more or less forced to use and we've all we've all kind of heard it before describe your pain on a scale of 1 to 10 yeah right on com- it's basically comfort or un- yeah, yeah 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 and so we're asking we're asking people to subjectively rate something so if we're asking people to subjectively rate their fear after something incredibly frightening has happened to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I just got an envelope full of like hair and a picture of my kid at the playground. Uh, Oh, do you think I'm somewhat discomfited by this? (laughs) You know, it's insane. Well, it is. I mean, when you're speaking of perceived stalking, as we're going to find a little later in the episode, it ranges from a glance mm-hmm. from somebody that perhaps you don't know to, uh, I mean, I can the I can only imagine the nth degree there would be someone holding a weapon to to your body and you know mm-hmm. threatening you like that. Th- that would be the range I'm assuming mm-hmm. if you're talking about levels of fear within stalking, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem with that definition because different people will have different f- thresholds, right, mm-hmm. of what they consider frightening. And this is not at all in any way, shape, form, or fashion meant to uh, diminish or minimize the experiences of people who are victimized by stalking. We're saying that some people will behave differently and there's not really a one-size-fits-all formula. Y- yeah, some people behave and perceive differently. Yeah, there we go. That's – Incredibly important. So here's the strange part. For people who believe that they're victims of group stalking or gang stalking, the same rules apply but with – but not in the same way and with even higher stakes. Like they may feel there's a highly personal individualized motive behind this group of people stalking them but they may not have known these people before. It's just the guy who's always now at the bus stop around the same time as you. And because the definitions of the term gang stalking can be a little tough to come by, uh, we we found some pretty pretty comprehensive definitions from the subreddit on gang stalking. There is a dedicated subreddit to this. And I – I like their definition. I think it gives us a good lay of the land. Oh, sure. It says that gang stalking is an umbrella term and it describes a series of techniques utilized by a group to instill mental instability within a victim. So that would be a particular individual with the intent to discredit, sabotage, harass, extort, and even drive a victim to suicide. 
or at least to mental distress. And it goes on to say the victims of this practice are often described as targeted individuals uh, known as TIs for short. So we no, will no relation to the artist. Correct. Uh, and we will be using TI, sometimes targeted individuals moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and according to the TIs who feel that they are victims of gang stalking operations, the stalking can take multiple forms, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, there are lots of different perceived things here that have been described by multiple people. So this isn't just one person's account of what it's like to be gang stalked or, or the the perception – of what is occurring. So let's get to something called mobbing. Let's let's hit that first. Okay. So this is an intense and organized harassment sometimes in the workplace, but mobbing can also occur outside of the workplace where it's just a a whole bunch of people that appear to be around you or paying attention to you or watching you uh, all at once. Like again, if you just – if you imagine the concept of mobbing, it it's a lot of people all at once with their attention focused on you. But then, but then their attention will go away and they will come right back to you. Yeah. And then there are black bag jobs, which would be a residential break-in where maybe something is stolen or something's messed with, but your house is not like, – valuables aren't necessarily taken. It's not like a burglary. It's a – for me, my understanding of it is a, it's a perception that your inner sanctum, your, your place of safety has been disheveled or messed with or looked at by somebody mm-hmm. who physically, you know, breached – the perimeter or whatever. And maybe they altered something or maybe they installed something to monitor you. And generally it's to mess with you. Right. 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 I mean that's the the perception is that somebody broke in here just to mess with me, not like you said, not to take something of any value. Right. Maybe in some cases to leave something. Uh, the idea is that the the idea here in both those cases is that someone is attempting to compromise the victim's sanity or their mm-hmm. perception of reality. This term is com- – we commonly encapsulate this in the term gaslighting, Yeah. right? So gaslighting is when someone attempts – some person or some group attempts to convince some other person or some other group that they are in fact mentally unstable, they are losing their mind and so on. It comes from a play uh, 1938 – called Gaslight. Uh, in the U.S., it's known as Angel Street. And it's about a woman whose husband slowly manipulates her or gaslights her into thinking that she is losing her mind. There are other things like uh, street theater. Yeah. Now, this is this is one that you can find videos of online in a, in a lot of places on, in YouTube where it will be um, – a group of people that if you're watching objectively, it feels as though it's just normal activity out on a street uh, particularly – or it doesn't have to be a street. It can be just in any public space. And, you know, but for the person who believes they're being gang stalked, everything feels inauthentic. It feels like it's, it's a bunch of theater people, theater kids putting on a play. It, like it's organized in some way for specifically the purpose to agitate 
mm-hmm. the the person who is perceiving it as being as stalking. Right, and uh, this this goes into the concept of some performance art. Some of us listening might say, well, what about things like improv everywhere? Yeah. Have you seen those clips? You oh, know? yeah. It's like people spontaneously freeze for 60 seconds in a train station or everybody starts in a flash mob dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. That's not what people who have encountered this, they don't feel that they're watching some neato artsy performance. They feel like, that person's pretending to read a magazine, pretending to be on the phone. How long is that person going to keep, uh, you know, looking at different pairs of sunglasses? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, and then a, another thing here that I want to just talk about, we're going to have some examples moving forward a little bit of personal experiences with this and our accounts. But other other. Uh, ways gang stalking takes shape sometimes is when you're driving your car and there's a there's the feeling that several cars around you may maybe the one in front of you is slowing down to keep you going a certain speed but then there are also cars next to you so you can't change lanes to go around this person that seems to be controlling you and then maybe another car will box you in from behind and prevent you from really doing anything, especially if you're on a freeway. Um, there, there are instances where people will believe their home is wherever they, wherever it is they live and sleep is being consistently surveilled by the same people that walk by mm-hmm. the house mm-hmm. at certain, like you said, kind of at certain times or maybe wearing a, a very specific hat sure. or are wearing the same clothes. Um, that's kind of the way it takes form. And there are a lot of reasons that uh, there, there are several categories of reasons people believe they're being gang stalked. And before we get into too much of that, um, let's just – I think we should give some examples of uh, people's accounts – like personal yeah. accounts. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the best way to depict this experience. Let's look at some firsthand accounts of people who feel they have experienced gang stalking. Uh, James Crockett has, uh, has a great quote on this in his article for Medium and he describes it thusly. In one video, a TI takes a GoPro, that's a GoPro camera, on the New York subway and narrates his journey to try to prove the existence of his stalkers. He notes a man in an orange jacket who occasionally looks at him, another tall man who enters the train and makes eye contact with the man in the jacket, and a lady who he thinks he's giving him dirty looks whenever he looks away from her. For several stops, she just stands there, he says. These people really do perform a vicious act. They don't care if people are driven to suicidal depression like I almost was. It wasn't until after that I realized this was some kind of sick game I am in. So there's another possibility there. You know, the saying it's a sick game, there's the idea that maybe this is a recreational activity for some people. Maybe the cause is just to just to mess with people, you know? Per- perhaps. Um, and – you can also go online and see videos of people with a camcorder mm-hmm. in a public space filming other people that they believe are gang stalking the the person with the camcorder. And I, we're going to have to get into that a little bit later too, but just that concept 
of being in a public place with a camcorder aimed at strangers that you don't know, I'm going to say it's likely that you're going to bring attention to yourself because you're doing that. Uh, many of us, when we're in public spaces, will notice if there is a camera aimed at us, right? And again, like, it's it's tough to know whether or not that attention is brought upon by the actions of the filmer or if it's – I mean, it feels that way to me, but it's not conclusive. Yeah. So – We'll get into that a little bit later too. There's also a Vice short documentary that was created in 2017 called The Nightmare World of Gang Stalking. It's a, vid- it's a video that's available on YouTube right now and there are several people in it who describe their experiences. So let's first turn to Billy B, who is a makeup artist and a self-described uh, gang stalking victim. And in his particular account, he believes he's a victim of culture stalking which is kind of an offshoot of gang stalking, Mm -hmm. functions in the same way. The reasons that he's being stalked are a little bit altered. So in this case, he is uh, a man who identifies as homosexual, who is living in a very, uh, let's say, conservative area. And he believes there's some conservative Christian group that is in, in an organized way stalking him and doing these things like street theater that are making him feel uncomfortable, where he will be parked in a fairly uh, empty lot somewhere. And then a lot of cars will pull in and each one that pulls in a heterosexual couple gets out holding hands, being all cutesy right near his car and on purpose making eye contact with him or, you know, flaunting it in front of him. Hmm. And it would happen over and over and over and over and over. So this is, this is the way he describes it. You're in the middle of this ridiculous, irrational impossibility that is real and is happening, and it's stranger than fiction or anything that you can imagine, and it's just terrifying. It pisses you off. It frustrates you beyond anything that you can imagine, and it changes you. I mean, that's that's rough to be feeling that, right, mm-hmm. at, and, an, at an individual level. And what uh, – do we know uh, what part of the country – uh, this this person, Mr. B, is in? This is California. This is California, and there's a conservative area of California, which does exist. Some people outside the state might be surprised by that. Uh, and the question then becomes, is this a situation where everybody in a community knows each other? You know, like if you go to a small town, right, people make eye contact, people wave, uh, and if you go to a small town where people don't care for outsiders or don't care for you specifically, it becomes very clear very quickly. That's Is that gang stalking or is that just people being jerks? And people yeah. don't have to like have a meeting beforehand to be jerks. They naturally take to that. Yeah, well – and this is going to be a common theme here. No matter – no matter what even the truth is about what's happening, these targeted individuals believe that this is happening so wholeheartedly that it's affecting them, you know, uh, mentally and emotionally and physically sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're right on the money there, Ben, like the way that I'm thinking about these, you know, some of the statements and mm-hmm. some of the – things that people are describing. Um, So let's just turn to another person who was also from that uh, Vice documentary named Richard Bruce. He's a guy who I believe was living out of his 
RV, mm-hmm. and he is describing his where he's lived over the course of several years in different places. Those like apartments and, you know, the car and where he's living now in the RV, all of these places were constantly surveilled by groups of people as well as by helicopters, police helicopters that would fly over all the time, um, law enforcement vehicles that would pass by his living spaces all the time. When he was being interviewed for this documentary, he had a small device next to him. And I, I don't know if it was a radio or some kind of monitor or something, but when he would begin to talk about certain subjects or in certain ways, the device would make some noise. And he believed that he was being listened to by electronic surveillance. And specifically when he would bring up certain topics, that's when they were like recording or, you know, established the connection or, or something like this. And he does a fantastic job, at least in this quotation or in this interview, showing metacognition, right? Thinking about thinking. He's self-aware and he understands how this may, to someone hearing about this for the first time, he understands how this may sound uh, a little bit off kilter. Yeah, he says, it's confusing to humans trying to understand gang stalking. Why would they do this to me? Why would they do these weird, petty little things that may even just irritate me at some moment? This happens to you enough, believe me, you will feel stress. You will get that feeling of helplessness. This is not just like a gang of random people just doing this. This is procedural. If you were to ask me what gang stalking is, it's a way to slowly kill people using their own decisions. Which is fascinating, right? And from that interview, I think we can all feel the uh, as if we're looking through a window into the hopelessness. And the, and the terror and anxiety of this this person's life. If you want to read more of these personal accounts, which again are anecdotal and are not, you know, uh, they don't contribute to a quantitative study of any sort. But if you would like to uh, read these firsthand accounts, again, without us being able to vouch for their veracity, we recommend heading toward reddit.com or gangstalking. Reddit.com slash r slash gangstalking, all one word. Speaking of words, we're going to pause for one from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to address the elephant in the room, motive. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. We have returned. Now, we hope that if you're listening to this show while you're in a public space, you are not getting increasingly weirded out. But there's a big problem that you'll see with a lot of these – well, problem isn't the most accurate word. There is a big question that remains unasked in a lot of these – first-hand reports and a lot of the literature you will see about the concept of gang stalking, it is this. Why? Why would you do that, right? It, w- would, you, would you do it for just pure evil, twisted recreation, you know? Is this a situation where mission control, Matt, you and I get together and we say, hey, you know, the four or five of us should just – just find someone on Facebook who lives in our town and, you know, just stalk them. You know, just <laughs> poke the bear, right? We're so tired of playing board games. Let's let's do something different with our friendship. Yes. Which may have happened, but that's that doesn't seem like it would be the normal thing for people to do. Not because people are inherently so great or noble, just because it feels like a lot of work for a lot of people unless they're getting something out of it. So – uh, another question or another possible motive that we see cited a lot uh, pretty often by people who believe they are being gang stalked is the idea that these activities are occurring at the behest of the U.S. intelligence community. And this again goes to a lot of U.S. reports. So there's a site called fightgangstalking.com and according to – you can tell from the title that to them, this is a legitimate, real phenomenon. And according to fightgangstalking.com, gang stalking is, quote, most likely a disinformation term created by U.S. intelligence agencies. It refers to the intense, long-term, unconstitutional surveillance and harassment of a person who has been designated as a target by someone associated with America's security industry. Whoa. 
And it goes on to say, quote, the goal of such operations in the parlance of counterintelligence agents is disruption of the life of an individual deemed to be an enemy or potential enemy of clients or members of the security state. Arguably, the most accurate term for this form of harassment would be counterintelligence stalking. So there's a problem here, though, and the problem is this. The TIs, or targeted individuals, are rarely unified in what exactly caused them to be stalked. While it is absolutely, inarguably true that extensive and illegal surveillance has been used by past and current governments, should not be a surprise to anybody, uh, there's relatively little follow-up reporting in these gang-stalking stories, and there's relatively little coherent explanation for why these people would be driven to fearful actions or to mental instability or, you know, at the worst, to self-harm. Yeah. Well, and you have to apply the motive problem then to the security state or to the intelligence agencies, right? Mm-hmm. Why, what is their motive for targeting that individual? And then this goes to the um, – the trench coat clad fedora wearing elephant in the room. Is this a genuine phenomenon occurring the way in which it's described and are the people experiencing it describing it accurately or are people, some if not all these people, experiencing some kind of delusion? And that 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 could be considered an offensive question, but it shouldn't be. It's a necessary question. Absolutely. Right? If we're going to talk about this, we have to at least think about it. So what do we have to go on? Where where can we look to for some answers? Like what what even what is what do we mean when we say delusion? Well, let's jump back to that Vice documentary again. Uh, huge shout out to the team members at Vice that created that documentary. It really is fantastic, and there's a lot of insight here and things to think about to chew on philosophically. Um, so they interviewed a, a fellow named Josh Basil or B-A-Z-E-L-L. Uh, he's a physician and an author, and he's discussing the psychiatric definitions of delusion. And he's saying that these tend to focus really on two principles. The first one is that the ideas, if you're at least uh, – if you're experiencing a delusion, the ideas that you have – are not uh, vulnerable to evidence. So if someone shows you, look, this thing you believe, it is not true because of this, I have evidence, that wouldn't matter because you would still believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay? The other part of a delusion is that people in your immediate sphere of influence, perhaps the people in the culture uh, at large or in your town or in the case of Billy B, maybe uh, the conservative neighborhood where he's moved to, those people don't share your beliefs. So they don't believe that what you believe is happening is true. That would be one of the ways we get to considering someone to have a delusion. Now, uh, he goes on to say, the question becomes, um, this is a full quote, the question becomes, if you can find 10,000 people on the internet who believe the same thing as you, is that then a delusion? Is it, is it even bizarre? Quite possibly not. If everybody believes this stuff, uh, at least this would be the question you ask yourself as you stumble upon 10,000 other people that share your, in this case, what he's calling a delusion, uh, is it in any way insane? And the answer would be no, because it is not delusional. Look at all these other people who are experiencing the same thing. And I think this is, it's a fascinating way to look at it because 
then does it get into the realm of group delusion or is it still on the personal level of – because it is a very personal experience, uh, gang stalking, like the perception that I am being gang stalked. It is not as though g- gang stalkers are looking at my whole neighborhood or looking at my whole you know, cul-de-sac or whatever it may be. It's generally a targeted thing. That's why they are called targeted individuals. I don't know. It's a tough thing. It's a tough egg to crack there for for me at least. It also goes into philosophy. Yeah, that's that's really what what the psychologist is doing here is looking at the problem of perception and reality. Right? Oh yeah, no, you're right. So that's that's a uh, that's an egg that our species has yet to effectively crack. We know that. Things can become normalized for people at a cartoonishly quick rate. So we know that our our concept of what normal is, is is very malleable and we know that our species tends to look to anything we perceive as peers for confirmation of things. And also at the weirdest times, we're very talented at big up in each other. I mean – Maybe that's just my experience, but I've had I've had some conversations with absolute strangers that confirm some deeply held cr- quote unquote crazy things that I believe, you know. Uh, and and having someone else, whether you meet them in person or whether they're just a a, a block of text mm-hmm. that you can assume is a person uh, talking back to you and confirming your beliefs having somebody else say that is a light in the darkness for a lot of people. You know what I mean? And that's a huge that's a huge thing. That's a trope in fiction. That's a common experience in individual reality to have someone else say something to you that lets you know I'm not the only one. We do that in the smallest like the the smallest most seemingly insignificant situations you know, like let's say you and I uh, and and Paul are like recording in a studio, Matt, and then all of a sudden there's this weird, you know, uh, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. We look around and we check even now when we're a relatively sane mental stuff, arguably, but even we still check like, hey, does anybody here – Cotton eyed Joe, or is this finally that psychotic break <laughs> that mm-hmm. we all knew was coming? Uh, this, and I don't want to get too far off topic there, but I can see the power of that. Certainly, and it's a reinforcement all, all all the way. Right, and then there's also uh, set and setting, which I think continues in the quotation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and just before we jump into that, Ben, I want to talk about a concept of hypervigilance. And it's it's something that Josh brings up in that documentary. And it's, this, it's the concept that um, for our own self-preservation, if we are experiencing something or we, we believe we are experiencing something – we we err on the side of safety for ourselves, for our personal safety, rather than on whatever the social mores would be, whatever the standard actions to take would be for someone. And it all occurs when there's a perceived connection that may or may not be there. So we're, when we're talking about seeing somebody walk by and then seeing that person maybe walk by again, mm-hmm. um, 
the hypervigilance within a lot of people experiencing this would be, oh, that person uh, may want, you know, maybe a part of this thing that I'm already feeling or already believe I'm experiencing rather than perhaps that person went to go get, you know, something down the street and then you didn't see them walk by and now they're going back down again or, you know, something to that effect. But ultimately what this is or what that means is that people experiencing this are going to be more hyper aware of things like that because they are so worried about their own safety already because of the anxieties that are brought up by feeling this way. Um, it's almost like it just builds on itself. Um, so then Josh goes on to talk about how there are real world instances of surveillance, either targeted or mass surveillance that maybe we should be worried about that are, they are very much real. They've been proven. They exist around us every day. And, uh, I'll just read this quick quote from you. He says, because this, this reminds me of stuff they don't want you to know. He says, given that the world is filled with groups of people operating in secret or trying to, to divorce us from our money, our power, or whatever they want from us, one thing that might be helpful to ask from a psychiatric point of view is what's wrong with the rest of us? Why am I so relaxed? What's wrong with me? Why don't I feel like I'm being gang stalked? Is it that I'm living in the matrix where in order to feel more comfortable, I've decided to ignore a lot of the evils in the world and a lot of the potential threats to me? And there he's referencing the NSA's mass surveillance of citizens within the United States. He's referencing other countries um, such as the UK and England over there where, you know, it's, they're the most CCTV cameras per capita anywhere on the planet. He's, he's mentioning that this stuff is very real. Uh, and why aren't more of us worried about that kind of thing? If you apply in a more general sense what the, these people who believe they're targeted individuals are feeling to um, – on a mass level, let's say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's spend just a, just a second on that concept. Because it's the other side of that coin, right? It's the it's the other side of the argument. If you feel like you are being gang stalked, and then you go somewhere and you find ten thousand other people who say yes, it's true, then are you, how are you supposed to feel if you don't believe you're being gang stalked, and then you're surrounded by people who are saying yeah, no, it's true, it's they're out for all of us. Why are you so chill? Yeah, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question um, because. It hits on that. It hits on that need for consensus that is just baked into every human mind. Uh, I want to go back to the concept of hypervigilance because it's another concept that is baked into the human mind, and that is a pattern must exist. Yes, in so much, so so many of our even relatively mundane activities, especially our observations, there's this little voice in our head may not be able to hear it all the time because it's tough for us to listen to ourselves. But the little voice in your head is always going, a pattern must exist. A pattern must exist, right? And this is, uh, this is a crucial skill. We have to have it to survive in the world. Ever since we were not the apex predator and we were running around trying to figure out what our A to Bs and if-thens were that would keep us alive for the next day. Uh, so arguably, hypervigilance 
is just a reflection of that – or just an extension of that much-needed survival skill. Now, if it sounds like we're poking holes in the experience of gang stalking, that's because we, we are asking important questions that haven't been answered. It's not necessarily a uniform motive. There's not necessarily a lot of follow-up, right? There aren't very many good stats on the phenomenon known as gang stalking. But speaking of the other side of the coin, uh, there are things that are like it that are proven. The reality of government and corporate surveillance. According to the ACLU, privacy today faces growing threats from a growing surveillance apparatus. It's often justified in the name of uh, one of our favorite boogeymen, National Security. You're going to do it in a spooky voice. A ton of government agencies – I'm paraphrasing now. They didn't say a ton. A ton of government agencies from like the NSA, the FBI, Department of Homeland Security and so on along with state and local law enforcement intrude on the private communications of innocent citizens and they amass great databases of who we talk to or interact with and when we do and then catalog suspicious activities based on very, very vague standards. We've talked already about big data. We've talked about the uh, strange – what's that What's that game people who like celebrities play? Six, six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yes. That's, that's how Uncle Sam – traces uh, terrorist activities. Yeah, you know our, some, our known associates. Right, known associates, which extends further and further out, similar to the DPRK's uh, policy of intergenerational punishment. Oh, boy. Except now you're, it's, oh, now the laws don't apply to you the same way if a guy you knew in college uh, met somebody uh, and became Facebook friends with them and then they later tried to join ISIS. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? And the argument there is that that is that Hoover vacuum approach to data and personal information is the best way to prevent a future catastrophe. And that is – I mean that argument does have some sand uh, but it also – it's tough to prove. It's like the old time travel problem. Like if you if you went back in time – and you killed Hitler when Hitler was a kid or something. Yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah, no, no one would know that you. Uh, no one would know that you prevented him from playing a part in World War II because no one would know about World War II. You would have killed a child, as far as everyone was concerned. So you have committed a great sin. You, we can't prove to people. It's hard to prove to people that we prevented something from happening when. We do it in such a way that it never happened. Whoa. I know. I know. Sorry. It's virgin into philosophy. But it's the – it's an argument that we hear pretty often and it's a fascinating argument. But the truth is these standards are very vague and we know that surveillance has been abused in the past. COINTEL was, is, real, right? It certainly was. It certainly was. Let's put that is in parentheses with a question mark. Multiple government agencies have in the past monitored and harassed civilians, even those not suspected of committing a crime. We just don't like what this person is doing to the status quo. We don't like what they're protesting. Let's keep an eye on them. We don't like the potential movement of society if this person is let to be successful. Right, exactly. 
And today's episode has been, you know, necessarily U.S.-centric because these – we were able to find some of the best uh, stats on, you know, on, on orthodox stalking. Here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were able to find a lot of information on gang stalking. But this is by no means a phenomenon solely reported in the U.S. The United Kingdom has a fair share of people who believe they are being gang stalked or they are targeted individuals. And additionally, it is absolutely true, absolutely irrefutably true that other repressive governments do have stuff like this happening. They have secret police. There's security agents. You, you're a journalist in a, uh, in a particularly oppressive country. Yeah, you're going to be followed. You might – I mean it's not – it might not – It's safer that way for yeah, you and them. It might not even be surreptitious. You might land at the airport. They do allow you in and they say, OK, you're going to hang with these two people for the <laughs> entirety. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to drive. It's for your safety. It's, it's for your safety and for our national security. This also applies to opposition politicians, activists, right? Somebody fighting for a particular uh, type of human right. Mm-hmm. that the government would rather not have, uh, members of non-state-approved religions. Like, this stuff happens. You know, I don't want to pile on here as though, like, oh, this is all real. There's so much oppression to our privacy and our security. But, uh, you know, we willingly let this stuff, especially the corporate kind nowadays, directly into our home. We have whole episodes on this about the smart assistant that maybe you're listening to this through. Maybe it's uh, just a couple of the apps within your phone where you store all your email. But it's a company, a corporation, the third party from you that is controlling all of that stuff. Um, The social media posts that you make every day of where you are and what you're doing. And the, you know, think about that, like establishing patterns. We're, We're doing that every day. That's what we do, and we just let it out into the world, not only for the corporation, but for anybody else who cares to watch or listen. And it also doesn't help, by the way, that there are commercial applications out there that will do the things that people are the most terrified about. Ooh, do tell. Like, uh, um, what's it called? M-Spy and Flexi-Spy are two. There's just two of them. But these are two available things, applications that can be added onto your device, whatever it is. And one of them only takes a few minutes. And another one takes about an hour to fully install. Because hmm. some of them you have to, like, jailbreak a phone or whatever your device Root is. It. Yeah. Okay. But if you – some of them you can just – if if let's just say I was able to get a hold of Paul's phone for a few minutes while he went to the bathroom or something. And you were able to get past the security code. Yeah, whatever. yeah. But but specifically in people who are worried about stalking, if you're talking about your significant other or someone who maybe does know the codes to your phone or something, uh, it can be installed like that. Then you can access their email, their text, their Insta feed, their, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is. It's terrifying that that's out there. Don't let people touch your phone, man. I mean, that's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's it's all true, and it can easily be abused. There's another thing. We just had it in the notes as <laughs> – oh, <laughs> oh, and one more thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want to spoil the surprise. So this sounds pretty sci-fi. I want to hear whether anyone else has heard of this. 
But a lot of people own smart TVs right now, right? Yeah, and, you may not even be aware that it's a smart TV. Right. Uh, maybe a smart TV playing dumb. And <laughs> you can tie your phone or you can you know, pair your phone to the television, uh, things of that nature. turns out that the technology exists such that a smart TV or certain types of TVs, when they are playing commercials – will send a an audio signal out. It's not an audio signal you can hear. If you have pets, good for you. They probably can't hear it either. But your smart devices can. And through this, through this relay, this ping, you know, of course, one of the big gets is the advertisers know someone's in the room when the ad is playing. And that's big. Someone's actually seen the thing, they can prove it. Or but, maybe even how many. And maybe even who. So the data is, you know, anonymized or whatever. Uh, but this this means that for people who are dismissing the idea of gang stalking, don't dismiss the idea of surveillance that you cannot perceive. It's there. It's real. You know, there are – it's not like there's one shadowy cabal that knows a ton of stuff about you that you thought was secret. And it's not like you're doing anything bad. It's more like there are a bunch of people who are trying to figure out how best to predict your behavior in such a way that they can monetize your behavior or at the very Sith end of the spectrum, push you to make decisions that you might not have ordinarily made. That's real. That's not a theory. Instead of a theory, it's a huge business. Uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like to learn more about some of this, uh, check out the article in New York Times: How Smart TVs in Millions of U.S. Homes Track More Than What's On Tonight. Ugh. That's just an opening to the rabbit hole, and then burrow yeah. in and tell us what you think. And speaking of what you think, I've got to say it, this leads to some of the key issues with the concept of gang stalking. Number one, government surveillance, at least here in the U.S. is typically intended to be invisible. That does not apply to every other country. I don't know whether it's still the case. Somebody in mainland China tell me, but for, for a long time, if you were using the internet, like you're in an internet cafe in China, uh, when we talked about this on a previous mm-hmm. episode, every so often there will be a, a cute little cartoon police officer that comes on just to let you know that the government is monitoring your internet usage for your safety, to keep you safe, you know, national security, etc. The concept of gang stalking argues that targeted individuals are very much aware of the situation. And being and having your target be very much aware of the situation in normal stalking surveillance stuff, or in normal surveillance at least, renders that surveillance ineffective. Because it changes the behavior of a target. Mm-hmm. You know, like how observing things can change their behavior. Always. So wait, we might rightly say, isn't the point of this not to observe someone and gather info, but to interfere with their sanity, waging psyops, to gaslight them and maybe even drive them to suicide? Sure. But there's a problem with that claim too. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know. We have proof. The the government, at least in this country, and intelligence agencies that are just arms of that government have, at least in the past, done a lot more than gang stalking to terrify and seek vengeance against people that they perceive at least as threats. 
We know that for sure. So, I mean, we have to ask ourselves, like, why would a government agency with the ability to literally disappear somebody? Mm -hmm. It's happened before. Mm -hmm. It's happening. <laughs> I don't know if it is. It, it's probably happening now or next week at it least. It could. It could happen. Um, why would they bother to just annoy somebody? Why would, why would they do this kind of strategy that is so long-term with so many resources – as you said earlier, that would be required to do it to a target like some of the people who believe they're being targeted. Right. Yeah. If you can just grab a mouse and snap its neck, why would you play a game of mousetrap? Why would you have this Rube Goldberg-esque thing? Uh, it could be I, – I, I heard some people say it is psychological experiment similar mm -hmm. to some of that MK Ultra stuff. But still, it's something that we would have to explain. It's a question you have to answer if you think state-supported intelligence agencies are just lightly in person stalking someone in a way that is meant for that person to be aware of. That's, that's tough. It's tough yeah. to answer that. And now, now, look, before we completely discount gang stalking, maybe you are feeling that way as we're – you know, talking about all of this, which stuff. we're not, we're not, we are not saying that. So if you, if that's the way you are feeling right now, just remember that if, if you or someone else truly wants to reach someone that believes they are being gang stalked and, you know, even if you, if it's your intention is to tell them, look, it's okay, it's not real or something like that. The, one of the worst things you can do is make someone to feel as though they are crazy right? It's that, very unproductive. Absolutely. So I, I would say an avenue, you know, and this is actually stated in the Vice documentary that we, we keep referencing, the avenue rather should be why, why do you feel like you are worth, you know, being persecuted? What's happened to you? What's troubling you? You know, like that very personal, like, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about those issues. Let's start working through those. Um, because the 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 perceived persecution, maybe from the outside, perhaps is uh, a factor of that other thing. Just just putting that out there for anybody who's extremely skeptical of this. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? Do you feel like you have encountered something like this? in your own life? Or you know what? Do you want to join a protest supporting targeted individuals? Because if you have, my good pal Matt has actually found one. Is that correct? Yeah. There's a website called targetedjustice.com. If you head over there, you can learn about the October protest. It's They're calling it the Targeted Protest 2019. It's going to run in Washington, D.C. from October 18th this year until the 22nd. And uh, it's – oh, registration is $35 if you do want to register and go. But, but, but. What do you get? A T-shirt. You do uh, get a, a T-shirt. A, it's a free T-shirt. I don't think you should call it a free T-shirt if a you're people. It's a $25 T-shirt with a $10 registration fee. It's like complimentary valet. Valet <laughs> is complimentary if you are a jerk and don't tip. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but, but, but anyway, it's, it exists out there and there yeah. are advocates for, for you. If you believe you are a targeted individual, mm -hmm. you can, you can find groups online and maybe even go to targetedjustice.com. And I'm fairly certain I saw several resources there that and, 
you can follow. Yeah, and to be clear, we're I'm making a cheapskate joke about the t-shirt stuff. Registration for protest and these kind of organizations typically just goes to keep the organization running. Yes, the, you know? we're we're wholeheartedly joking. It's but one thing we're serious about. Before we tell you all the ways to find us on the internet and talk to us, and we hope that you uh, engage in one of those platforms with mm-hmm. us. Uh, before we get to that part. We have to tell you the most important part of this episode, the thing we absolutely 100, 1 million percent will never joke about. If you believe that you are a victim of stalking, it doesn't matter whether it's from a gang, um, a significant other, a romantic partner, anyone, there are resources, there are people, there are services out there that will help you. You're not hopeless. You're not isolated. You don't have to be alone in this, uh, and a solution exists. Yeah, you can you can check out the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center. There is a Victim Connect line there. It is one eight five five four eight four two eight four six. You can also check out Safe Horizon. They also have a hotline that is available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and that number is. One eight six 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 eight nine four three five seven. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to hearing your thoughts, your experiences. Do you think this is uh, paranoia on the part of people who feel they're targeted individuals? Do you think there's more than meets the eye when it comes to these stories? And if so, what is it? What are your personal experiences? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. We particularly like to recommend Here's Where It Gets Crazy, where you can interact firsthand with our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. And if you don't want to do that, you can call us at our number, like we stated at the top. We are 1-833-STDWYTK. Leave a message. Tell us your thoughts on any of the things we've discussed today. Uh, tell us ideas for new episodes that you want to hear us talk about. Uh, or just, um, I don't know, you could be silly and lighthearted. That would be cool. Everybody everybody needs a break sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and if you are, speaking of breaks, if you are taking a break from social media, if you, uh, like me, hate being on the phone, uh, then we have good news for you. You can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? 
Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.